Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found them, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's pray as we dive into this Advent season. Lord Jesus, um, thank you for the Magi. Thank you for a group of people that followed you, not knowing who you were, not knowing where you were going to be exactly, not knowing what to expect, but saw a star and for some reason prepared for a journey ahead. Uh, Lord, in hindsight, we know the king, um, and the king knows us. And I pray that we can pull something from the Magi in their journey as we prepare for this Christmas season. In your son's name, amen. Have you ever prepared for a long trip? (coughs) Not like a, a, a getaway weekend or even a long week trip, but like a long trip. Like maybe a permanent move is probably something closer to what you've experienced or a really long vacation. I remember when Corey and I were planning to move to Texas about seven years ago, we had a long list of things to do, right? And I remember when, um, even before we chose Texas, I was looking for jobs. So I spent months researching, filling out resumes for places to work, and interviewing potential bosses and communities. And then when I got the job, I entered entered a whole different realm of preparation. How are we going to get two cars and all our stuff, a thousand miles to a new home. How are we going to do that? Speaking of home, where would we live? What was it like to live there? Do they have seasons? I can promise you it didn't feel that. We got here on day one of the most 100 days, 100 degree temperature days in a row in Texas history. We got here on day one. We didn't meet any of our neighbors the first 60 days, because everyone was inside, because it was 100 degrees out every day. Do they have seasons? What are the people like? Because they're not like the Carolinas, I can tell you that much. So for a long trip, you have to worry about three things. And these are kind of your fill-in-the-blanks tonight. I'm going to give them to you. These are the three things that you need to worry about for a long trip, just in case you ever take one in the future. One is preparing to leave. You've got to prepare to leave. You most of the time just can't get up and go on a long trip. Two, the journey. You got the journey. And three, the destination. Three, the destination. 
Likewise, the Magi had a bunch of the same issues. We know that there were gifts, three gifts in particular, but we don't got any clue how many wise men there were. I know that all the major scenes at the mall just depict three guys, typically three different races, because they got to fit in diversity into the manger scene. They should all be Jewish. Sorry. Um, and we're back. Um, <coughs> drives me nuts. Little white blonde baby Jesus. Um, we know there's three gifts, and we know the wise men are referred to in the plural, and that's all we know. So there could have been like five, 20, we don't know. Okay? Or three. And we know they have gifts, uh, so let's get into the three things they need to prepare for the, for the long trip. So one, preparing to leave. Preparing to leave. Where are these guys coming from? Where are these guys coming from? Well, we know that they came from the east. That's what the text says, okay? If you know anything about world geography and Israel, that means they didn't come by boat, okay? That would mean they came from the west. West has them coming out of the water. South has them coming out of Egypt. And north has them coming out of Turkey, which is connected to Europe and Russia, okay? So you got all these areas up there. Okay? But they're coming from the east. So what's east of Jerusalem? Like, that's the question, okay? And more importantly, why would people east of Jerusalem be looking for a Jewish king? And to answer that question, we have to look back at Scripture and see where the Jews have been. We know they've been to Egypt. That's south, okay? We know they've been to Babylon in captivity and somewhere taken to Assyria. So that is east and a little bit northeast, okay? We know from history that Assyria and Babylon are due east, So did any of the Jews stay there? We know that they did. Yes, some of the Jews stayed. They didn't come back to Jerusalem. So let's rehash. They came from the east. They are looking for a Jewish king, so they're probably Jewish or at least interested in the Hebrew nation. Any other clues? Well, they're probably interested in Jewish prophecy. So was there any Jews interested in Jewish prophecy that were considered wise men in the Old Testament? You bet. Look no further than the book of Daniel. Daniel was a prophet in Babylon that predicted a number of ge- that predicted the number of generations between him and the Messiah. Daniel 9:24. 70 weeks were decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and prophet, and to anoint a most holy place. So naturally it follows that Daniel had predicted the Messiah. He, his people, would be looking for a Jewish king, according to this prophecy, right around this time. And this is exactly what these wise men are doing. Now let me make this clear. The idea that they were descendants from Daniel's line, maybe not his kids, but like the line of Jews that followed Daniel. Benny, yeah, yeah, Benny. Um. That, that idea is not in Scripture. Some historians believe it, and I've researched it, and I'm pretty convinced by it. But they could have been winemakers for Iran, for all I know, who had a dream and saw a star and went, we got to go. It doesn't say. But it's, in my opinion, a little bit cool to speculate on. So what do they do? They had to prepare. They're about to truck through a desert. And on a good day, you just can't get up and go and truck through a desert. Okay? These guys were going to see a king. So they can't like, oh, let's wear that. Like they can't, they got to prepare their most fine garments to move. 
So these guys are organizing food for the journey. How many camels do they need? Donkeys? Where do they get them? Water? How do they avoid robbers? Look, this ain't a trip to Walmart. This is a trip to a seat of power. And they prepare. Every Christmas, we get to be reminded to prepare for the coming king. The king that sits on David's throne. And this is your next fill in the blank. Christmas season is a time to be reminded to prepare for the journey. Christmas season is a time to be reminded to prepare for the journey. This is what I mean. Being a Christian should not be an afterthought. It should not be something, oh, I mean, I guess that's how you do it. It should be intentional. Young people get this wrong all the time, especially college students when they get this. One of the marks of a teenager becoming an adult, this is your next fill in the blank, take this with you to the bank and cash it. One of the marks of a teenager becoming an adult is not more freedom. It is not more freedom. It is more discipline. It is more discipline. That's the reason we have so many 30-year-old children living in their parents' basements. is because they've been given freedom, but they haven't taken any discipline. Does that make sense? So, young men in the room, want to become a man, discipline yourself. Women, I don't know how you do that. Uh, uh, Women, discipline yourself too. Discipline your habits. That's how you know you're becoming an adult. Christmas reminds us that the Magi remind us to prepare for the journey you will take. But we are not the Magi. The kingdom of God was about to arrive for them, but we live in the post-arrival. We are now on the journey. So even though we're preparing for the journey, this is a journey that for many of you who call yourselves Christians, you're already on. So we're already to part two, the journey. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, In the days of King Herod, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When the explorers of Europe colonized America, they knew which direction they were going, which happened to be the same direction that the wise men wanted to go, west. Okay? They knew they were heading. And just like the Magi, they followed stars to get there. But I'm sure some of them doubted, right? I'm sure there were explorers, especially on Columbus's first boat adventure, where he was like, uh, I don't think this is going to work. We're going to die. Some of them did, right? Like, it's a lot. We don't know where land is. Why didn't we take Delta? Like, there's a lot of questions they're asking. And I'm sure the Magi felt that way, too. Like, it's, you know, a week and a half into their trip. They've been on camel. It's, it's probably April, so it's springtime. And, like, okay, this is miserable. We're in the middle of a desert. And who are we going to see again? We saw a star. So there's a king. Never seen a star in the sky before. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm sure some of them doubted what was ahead of them. The first explorers... To what would be termed the new war, world did not know what awaited them and the magi even though the star was before them did not know what to expect on the path before them likewise we as we go on this journey that we call life don't know what's around the next bend 
But it is not a new world that we seek. It's not riches. It's not moral perfection. We seek a person on this journey. And that's an important note. It's a person we seek on this journey. I don't know if you've ever lost a dog or a cat or, God forbid, a sibling at the mall. But when you are seeking a living being, there is an urgency to your journey. If you are like me, you rarely have that urgency because you lose sight of what you are after. It's one of the reasons church attendance is so important, because we need to be reminded regularly of the person we search for. And while the Magi had the stars, we have the constellations found in Scripture. Our roadmap to life can be found in a book, but the book is not the end. Knowledge is not what we seek. It's the person of Christ. Do you seek him on the journey, and is there urgency on your journey? Christmas, this is your next fill in the blank, Christmas reminds us that we are on a journey and we should get moving. Christmas reminds us that we are on a journey and that we should get moving. Moving towards where? Segway, point three, the destination. I bring it up every Christmas. I even brought it up before I started the talk because the Christmas story told by the media is fake news, as we like to call it now. The wise men were not at the manger. The wise men were not in the manger. Say it with me. The wise men were not at the manger. Oh, it'll drive you nuts, too, when you're my age. You, I will not be alone in my frustration. Okay. It says in the text that Jesus was a pideon in Greek, which is Greek for toddler. And the reason Herod had all toddlers under two killed was because he was looking for a king that was probably around for that long. So the wise men from the east went to Herod to see if he knew the king who had been born. And it was Herod who ascertained the location of Bethlehem. It wasn't the wise men. Herod had his scribes look at the old texts. So they went to Bethlehem, not for the tourist traps there, but for the person. When I left Charlotte to come here, my purpose was not a new city. It was to reach and love a new people for Christ. And this is, in my opinion, the most important film in the brain tonight. And that is, the Christmas season reminds us that the destination is a person. The destination is a person. The wise men found a child and left gifts before him. Think about this. They probably watched him waddle. They probably watched him cry. They might have even watched, like, okay, I got to change his diaper. Like, can you imagine how, like, oh, yay for the king. He's a crybaby. Like, you know? But they were in awe of a toddler. I'm in awe of my toddler for different reasons. She's incredible. But like, like I, I didn't. I don't think my toddler is like a king. She claims she's a princess, but she's not like a queen, right? Hey, but it's it's a kid. It wasn't a mighty king before them. It was a kid. And what faith they must have had to look at a kid, no more than three feet tall, and to call him savior. This is the savior. To call him Lord. To look at a young mother who is probably very close to your age and have faith that she could raise him well. Oh, this isn't going to go wrong. Like, couldn't God have chosen like a seasoned mother? Like someone who's done it before, right? No, let's get the 13, 14 year old. That'll work out well. You know? 
But that's exactly how our God works. To meet his earthly father, they probably met Joseph. Hey, what do you do for a living? Do you like king? You do something? Oh, you're, you're a carpenter. You're a whittler. That's cute. Like, okay. But they had faith in the midst of all that, in the midst of meeting this wonderful family. They had faith. And while we are on the other side of the manger and on the other side of the cross, we should seek the same faith these magi had. And this is the last fill in the blank. While the magi had faith like a child, we must have faith. No, sorry. While the magi had faith in a child, we must have faith like a child. While the magi had faith in a child, we must have faith like a child. The awe and wonder that Christmas brings should remind us of the awe and wonder we should have for the gift of our salvation, brought about by someone who was once a baby. The destination is a person. Even the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, speaks boldly to this, and I'll close by reciting some of the lyrics. I know you've sung it a hundred times, so listen. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleeps the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. Was it like a, a light on the road? No. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born to us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Let me pray.